Hey everybody, it is your pal Rachel Can coming to you from super sunny California in December. I hope you are well wherever you are listening to this morning, noon, or night. And if you're not well, that's okay too. I can hold space for whatever you're feeling. So bring yourself and all that you are to this moment and I can accept all of it and just be here with you. <sighs> what a relief that is, huh? I'm so excited to bring this conversation with Michael A. Shepard, a.k.a. Shep, here to your ear hole. He is an amazing human being and it's really cool to share this with you. If you want to see him live in action, you can watch the video version of this brought to you by The Wisdom Daily. Thank you as always to The Wisdom Daily for creating the space for Out With Rachel to exist. You can conveniently check out all of the video interviews on my website, rachelcan.com, or at The Wisdom Daily's Facebook page. Um, and... I want to let you know, maybe most importantly, that this interview took place a few months ago and you'll hear as you listen, not to give anything away, but part of what Shep comes out about is the fact that he had to have major spinal surgery just days after our conversation. And I'm very happy to let you know that the surgery was a total success and he has healed really well and he's doing really well so at the expense of suspense i think it's better to celebrate shep's healthy recovery so um gosh there's really not much more else to say except that i'm so grateful to you and i'm so grateful to the wisdom daily and i'm so grateful to shep and all of my guests for creating this opportunity for me to learn cool stuff and then share it with you, my listeners. Yeah. Dive in to this wonderful conversation with Shep and know that there's more exciting conversations coming your way. And I hope you're feeling happy and good by the time you finish listening to it, if not already. Hi, I'm Michael A. Shepard, and I am out with Rachel. Come out, come out, come out, and shine. Hi, welcome to Out with Rachel. I'm here with Michael A. Shepard. He is an actor, a director, and co-artistic director of the Celebration Theater, and many other things. His friends and me, we all call him Shep. <laughs> And I'm very glad to have you here today. Hi, Shep. Hey, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. I get you. to be out with you. Yes, I am very happy to have you out with me. So I wanted to ask you first a little bit about how you ended up here in LA. We're here in Los Angeles at Shep's beautiful home. Thanks for having us here. Hey, welcome. Anytime, anytime, anytime. I'm going to take you up on that. Please. So don't be surprised when I liquor show cabinet, up at the liquor door. Liquor cabinet's always full. Okay, good. And always I'll bring full. I'll bring stuff to refill it in case I finish anything. <laughs> Just bring ice. Okay, that's perfect. That's all we need. You bring ice, I'll bring the booze. This is the kind of party I like. Okay, I think, good. And I think that's one of the reasons why we moved to Los Angeles. Perfect. Um, we... We, we, uh, my husband and I met in New York, okay. um, 
almost 20 years ago. Um, and we knew that we wanted to raise kids from the, our second date. We knew we wanted Whoa. to have kids. And we tried to find a house in New York, Brooklyn, that would accommodate us. And so we were, were both in Manhattan at the we time? We were both or? in Park Slope, Brooklyn. Okay. And how did was it? How did you meet? Like, well, <laughs> I um, was dating mm-hmm. two or three other people. All right. Dating. Yes. And um, <laughs> one of my dates ended early uh-huh. because his date came home early. Sorted, sorted, sorted. Things yeah. were different New 20 York. years ago. It was a different time ago. in New York. Yeah. And so I hopped on the train and went, I was in Manhattan. I hopped on the train to Brooklyn and I went to a bar that I was working at, uh, mm-hmm. Carrie Nation, and literally looked up and I saw Hutch and I told my friends I was with, that's the man I was, I'm going to be with. That's him. Instant. You knew. And I knew right away. Wow. Just knew. And um, I walked up to him and he walked past me and I grabbed his hand. I turned his palm over. I kissed the inside of his palm, looking into his eyes and said, you're the person I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with. I love this story so much. I'm so glad I yeah. asked you about this. And he said, that's original and kept walking by me. <laughs> sounds and like then, him. Yep. It's and Hutch. Then he, we, yeah. I know Hutch. It sounds like And then he thing. turned around and smiled at me. I was like, and about six months later, booked a, um, no, a year later, I booked a, um, a gig. I was a national spokesperson for McDonald's. Oh my God. And they sent me out here for all the training. Mm-hmm. And I got, and I was like, and I was that theater actor. I was like, yeah. oh, I never go You're to like Los Angeles. You're like that doing Shakespeare. There's, no, there's yes. no theater in Los Angeles. There's mm-hmm. nothing but film and television. Mm-hmm. And then I got out here and I was like, wow, it's pretty. <laughs> and it's warm and people are friendly mm-hmm. and not crazy. Mm-hmm. And but crazy in their own different way. Crazy it, was a own... New, it was a new crazy. It was refreshing. It I was understand. a refreshing crazy. I understand. And I called him, I said, look, I said, I'm thinking that maybe we could move to California. And he's from Northern California, he's from San Francisco area. Okay. He's like, Northern, I go, no, Southern California. So we, I went back, I did the gig for seven months. And then I came back out to LA mm-hmm. um, and I started looking at houses and we found this house. It's the first house we looked at. And I was really? like, yeah, and I was like, that's the house I want to live in. So have you always been like this where you like have a really strong intuition and you're like, cause I mean, the dudes like this, the house is like this. Is this like a thing throughout your life? It sounds like you're really in touch with your intuitive streak. I think, I, I think it has to be that way cause I'm lazy. Oh, perfect. So it has to be yeah. like, I don't want to put too much thought into anything. Yeah. Why overthink? I, just like, why you know, overthink you know. yeah. I know that. Boom. Let's move forward. I love it. And that's the way it's been working out, you know, mm-hmm. except when buying a car. Okay. That's the okay. worst experience ever in the world for me. And <laughs> for the last, you know, our children are 14 and 10. So for the last 12 years, <laughs> I've owned a minivan. Uh-huh. Oh, Soccer mom. Soccer mom. You're doing it. Yeah, yeah, soccer mom. It's crazy. What kind? Do you like it? I do. I do. It is a um, uh, Toyota Sienna. Nice. But it's kind of tricked out, you know. It has nice. all the amenities. Because I'm like, if I'm going to have a soccer, you know, doors need to open by themselves. Cars need to start by themselves. Yeah. It has to have all it's the gotta amenities. got to be just like the commercials where you see the actual soccer moms. Yeah. And your kids do play soccer, right? Or your daughter yes. does? My daughter so, plays soccer. My literally. son played. I was a soccer coach for my son's first four years oh, of cool. soccer. And then he was like, I'm done. So I was like, yeah, you don't have to get up anymore. And now my daughter's like, no, we're soccer. So we're back to being soccer 
volleyball. Okay, so I'm curious, you were speaking about like your work in New York and then thinking about moving to LA. And I'm wondering if when you were in New York, were you just doing acting or had you already started directing? Or were you mostly a performer? In New York, I was just mostly a performer. Yeah. That's all I did. In Chicago, before that, though, I was a director. Okay. But, you know, I, I got taken out of Chicago to do Five Guys Named Mo. On Broadway? On Broadway. And then I, I mean, did the that's tour. pretty cool, Michael Shepard. And um, toured Five Guys Named Mo for two year, over like two, two and a half years. Was that like the biggest break you'd gotten at that point? Oh, yeah. Were you like, oh, yeah. what? That was crazy. I mean, were you freaking out? No, it was great though. You know, it's 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 funny because I never thought of myself as a musical theater performer. Really? And all of a sudden, there I am singing and dancing. Did you sing? So you sang, but you're like, I'm a, I'm I do a straight theater. I was I was I had never done a musical as a professional. Wow. And but you knew you I, could sing. But my a friend of mine, Karen Kessler, said, "You're doing my misbehave," and I was like, "No, I'm not. I don't mm. sing." She goes, "No, you're doing it." And we went back and forth like that for about two weeks. And finally she goes, I'm just going to cast you. And that was in Chicago? Yeah. And I was like, you can cast me. I'm not showing up. She cast me. The announcement went out. I had to show up. And I was like, I don't sing. I don't know what this is. So I sort of made it my own. And um, producers from Five Guys saw it. And they, this is back in the day when they would fly you into New York. Because there was no And then they would put to, you like, up. the video, yeah. They would put you up mm -hmm. and... The producers would be in the room right away, and you go in and you book the job, and or not. And luckily, I did. And you know, did you have fun doing Amos Behaven before that? I loved doing Amos. Like I'm a huge Fats Waller fan, and not even so much the show specifically, but who he was. I'm a huge fan of and his music. I'm actually, I can't say it yet because I'm not signed the paperwork. Let's just oh, say no. there's some fun stuff that might be happening very shortly. Are you serious? Yeah. In relation to Fats Waller, there's very little you could tell me more exciting, unless it was like Fats Waller and Otis Redding in one project <laughs> for me. You know, he was like the first, I'm sure you know this, if you're like working on this and you're in it, but he was like the first national selling musician. It just was sheet music. Yes. And because he was African-American, it's just like not talked about in history classes or in music history at all. But he was like nationally popular exactly. with all kinds of people. And like way before, I mean, sheet music, people are like, we got to get this song and play it on the piano. I yep. just love him so much. Like, I'm kind of getting emotional thinking about it. So it's Yeah, so I'm very excited. I'm, the reason I, I I've seen some problematic productions of Ain't Misbehaving. Let's put it that way. I have seen some. So, well, let's hope that you won't see another one. I believe, I mean, I am such if, a huge if the, fan. If, if that were something that were to happen, let's we hope could, it would not be problematic. I know it wouldn't because I know you <laughs> wouldn't be a part of it if it was problematic, like the things I've seen. Yeah, some, yeah. yeah. Not you saying know, that you know. that's going to happen. I mean, I'm we're not saying. saying anything. We're not saying we're just saying. Just, we're not you know, saying we're just saying. That's all Did we're saying. You, so which songs were you singing in the show? Like, which one were you of the... Oh, in, like, in, dude in, one, dude two. Like, Miss Behaven? Yeah. Oh, I was always the... Um, the um, um, uh, what's the character's name? I don't know. The names of the characters. He's going to kill you. No, no. Nell. What Armelia. Um, oh, just the original cast. There is no cast. Okay. Ken. I was always the kin. I'm always the kin. Which kin, one is kin Honeysuckle Rose? Yeah, Honeysuckle Rose. You know. But then, didn't you also get to sing the High Time song? Uptown jazz ain't stiff with propriety. Downtown, though that whip of society tells us when we rip to your fight at the wall door. Yeah, that's an amazing song, but I'm talking about the marijuana song. 
No, that is the other I character. I dreamed about a reefer. I dreamed about yeah, do a reefer five feet long. A mighty man's but not too strong. Yeah. No, that's that is a great song. It's such a I good love. Every, he's amazing. Like yeah. Fats Waller is Givaldic. There's yeah, there's not there's not a bad song in that show. No. There's just not a bad song. But most productions don't do um the sleepy uh was it the the the, the slow drag or the sleepy the sleepy yeah, time drag I know what you're talking about, the night I'm... is getting on but uh but uh and that was it goes they all on. would sing but Nell would start it right yeah yep and it's just got that getting to that one's a very long song so it has to be done the very funny way or it just gets really monotonous yeah they're like okay we're tired like yeah. you made us thanks Bobby. yeah yeah unless it's really i get it Oh, this is very exciting news that you're dropping. I love that I'm getting scoops. I know. Who knew? <laughs> Speaking of scoops, I, I was bringing out the directing. I was waiting for this moment to congratulate you oh. on your recent Ovation Award. Thank you. For directing Boys from Oz at your artistic home, the Celebration Theater. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Uh, thank you very much. I It was... The Boy from Oz was a crazy I journey. I said boys plural. Uh, you know, I'm turning into black an old version. lady, though. That's the black version. You know how, like, moms do that? Yeah. Like, my mom calls Trader Joe's the Trader Joe. It's like everything. In Chicago, yeah. where, where you know, I'm from, basically, they go, I'm going to go over to the Jewel. The Jewel yeah. was the grocery store. Yeah. Everyone, no one just went to Jewel. Yeah. I'm going to go to Jewel to pick up some. I'm going to go to the, the Jewel. Yeah. So, I get it. So you say it. it's like the black way to say things, yeah. and the boys I say it's the, the Jewish way to say things. But it's all, it's like Jewish standard time. It's all the same. Which is colored people time. So this, we all say, <laughs> you just like claim it. I claim it wholeheartedly. Me too. But thank you. Thank okay, you. yeah, let's go back to that. This right. is so, were you uh, shocked? Were you, you deserved it. So you, knew. <laughs> you knew. I don't know if I deserved it. I don't know. I mean, it, 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 theater is subjective, you know. It's so subjective. It just, I think what happened is we chose this piece mm -hmm. that just, with where we were in the country, we needed someone to present a positive message and yeah. to present music that actually filled and touched your soul. Yeah. As opposed to, no one wanted, to, it was getting so political out there that people actually wanted to go into the theater to be entertained. Normally it could be the other way around yeah. that people want to go into the yeah. theater and learn something and, and yeah. be, you know, but I think this is something that it, 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 people were entertained yeah. and they were also touched by a very human story, yeah. you know, about love and music, yeah. you know, and that's universal Two two very universal things. Yeah. And it's true. It's like the cycle of art does that. Like if you look during the depression, like there was like so much art, you know, because, People need an escape. They need that release valve. Exactly. And then when things are good, we need to provoke and create questions and like wake people up. We and, need it all. Yeah. And oddly enough, the next production we're doing at Celebration is Cabaret. Nice. And we're doing an entirely different interpretation. Really? I don't think anyone's gonna going to uh, see a production quite like this. Really? And particularly with the current political climate. Yeah. I mean, this is a show that, you know, it's about love and music in Nazi Germany. In Nazi Germany, yeah. And how a show I've also seen very problematic productions of personally, yeah. yeah. And you know, and it's like you know, and just how easily people go, "That's not going to happen to me." Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. You know, 
the Nazis are not going to come back and take me. They like me. I no. literally was talking to someone recently who, you know, we were talking about everything with the current climate, Trump and all this shenanigans. To give context, he's a white man who lives in San Diego. And he was like, let's be honest, like, our lives aren't really changing that much. Our lives aren't really going to change that much. And I was like, see, you're exactly the problem. Because you're yeah. probably right. Your life might not change not that much. Change. But because you don't care about the fact that already there's so many hate crimes happening and flight bans and like you're just aware that your life isn't changing. This is why we yeah. are here, you know? Yeah. Once again, and this you know. is partly why I wanted to talk to you because I know that we share a lot of strong feelings. Absolutely about this stuff. we do. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's 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 a it's it's a very local mentality. You know, I'ma sit here right on my block on my street mm -hmm. and everything is great and perfect here. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not going to look at anything else. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and as I teach my children, we have to be much more evolved in that and, and just talk yes. to other people yes. and listen yes. to other people. And that's the big thing is listening. Yes. You know, I, we tend to forget to do that so much. And mm -hmm. I listen as much as I can. Unless, of course, you know, it starts the bigotry and the hatred, misogyny, racism all starts to come spewing out and you're like, look, A, I'm not going to be able to change you. We're never going to come to a understanding or a, you know, um, place of, you know what, let's agree to disagree. No, you're going to, if you're coming from a place of hate, we're never going to agree to disagree because that's not, you know, yeah. it, you know, and growing up in a small town, you know, you I us where you that. so I'm from Alton, Illinois. It is a, town of about 30,000 people. Okay, small. Which, small. I mean, they're smaller, but this is pretty small. But, birthplace of Miles Davis. Wow. Phyllis Schlafly. Wow. Uh, Robert Watlow, the world's tallest man. Really? Um, home and of, Chef. And the, the second world's tallest man, yeah. apparently. Um, uh, as a huge underground railroad site. Uh, one of the, the seventh of the Lincoln Douglas debates was held there, and it's also known Alton, Alton, Illinois, is also known as the most haunted town in America. Really? Yeah. That is interesting. <laughs> yep. And I have several ghost stories to tell. About. Please tell. Oh, I um, well, I grew up seeing ghosts. Really? I grew up seeing ghosts, and my grandmother actually, weeks before she died looked at me and told me that I was born with the veil so I could see spirits. Yeah. So when people say what it's haunted. What number child were you in your family? Five. Five or six. Five so or six? I was number five of six. Oh, of six. I'm like, you're I was not five or six. I'm like, <laughs> you know, ish. After four, you yeah, just who, stop counting. No, this is interesting. Okay, so you were born with the veil. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And she told you right before she died. Yeah. She wanted to make sure Actually, you Actually, I saw her the night she died. She was yeah. already dead. She well, came she wanted to, to give me. you a heads up. It sounds like that she was yeah. going to come have a visit yeah. or five million. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of crazy ghost stories. You know, our, actually, my house is actually haunted. Really? It's, but George is really cool. George is a nice He's a one? musician. Oh, cool. He's a musician and he haunts my house. And it's very cool. Is it just him or is there more? No, there's more. But, Are they all nice? Um, yeah, there's a cat too. Really? Someone has a cat, and it's so funny because my husband's allergic, and when he starts to sneeze, I go, the cat's in the house. There's a cat. 
And the cat, uh, we've seen a couple times. I've seen a couple times. My husband like goes, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to hear about it. My kids have seen them. So, you know, they're very open and attuned to it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we had a uh, couple specials shot in the house. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I would love to like sort of parlay my talent of seeing ghosts yeah. into like a career. Like doing what? Would you like to like, like I, go do other houses and do cleanings or like? No, I think I, would, them? I, I just want to go in because here's the deal. There are people who like I've walked into stores mm-hmm. where and this is going to sound so weird. Like my, Not to me, know, probably. But it's like where it's like I've walked in and went, oh, wait, I don't know if I can be in here. Because there's, there's another energy, another there's something happening. And we were in Palm Springs once, and we were in the store, and I kept saying to Hutch, I said, I think I can't leave, because what's wrong? I said, I don't know, something's really weird is happening. And we get to almost the back of the store, and there's a little girl sitting there, and she's crying, and I went, yeah, we gotta go. Because mm-hmm. he goes, but I go, just take it from me. She doesn't belong here. We need to go. And so I just went, for the viewers, a little girl not here. No, on, not here. Us, yeah, it was. A, it was. I, I just saw a little girl sitting there yeah. crying. No one else saw her. It's just me. And then she looked at me and I was like, mm, "Nope, not today. Yeah. Sorry, because yeah. I that that mess I can't be involved in." Yeah. Um, and I remember going up to the counter afterwards and I said, "Cause and it was it was a healing crystal shop mm-hmm. on the main drag." Mm-hmm. And I go in there and I told the lady who was down there, "I said, look, I said." You need to send. There was someone who was uh, doing a uh, 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 brass bowl healing. Mm-hmm. I remember the sound. And so I just said, for people who don't know, it's they they like rub the outside of it and makes a tone. So the yeah, the tone sort of uh, like Tibetan singing bowl. Exactly, or, yeah. and it sort of evens you out yeah. and releases the vibrations. Yeah, the vibrations and sort of releases the toxins mm-hmm. through your body. And I went to the woman who was running the place and I said, "Listen, I said I know you'll understand this." Uh, you need to get someone in here to talk to her. There's a spirit in the back, a little girl, she's sitting down and she's crying and something's really wrong. Mm. I said, you need to bring someone in here to deal with that. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. We're just selling stuff here. And I went, okay, yeah. deuces. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I, yeah. Yeah. she ain't coming home with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. So it's not, you know, that they might, they're kind of drawn to you and then. I have had yeah. two spirits. One of them is David, who has been with me since freshman year of college. Wow. He was a kid who, um, after doing research on him, uh, he committed suicide mm-hmm. during finals week. Mm-hmm. And um, a lot of it, and we believe that he was gay mm-hmm. because of the way he first presented himself to me. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, it just became this thing. And I didn't know what it was at first. You know, I was like, Cause I'd seen things here and there growing up, but I, you know. So yeah, so you had a grandmother who like fully acknowledged it, but like, was your family like open to it? No, no, no. And still, you know, sorry. But it's just like, you know, and I would see things and I would shut it down, ignore it, move on. And then I remember David, when David first presented himself to me, it was like, okay, who are you? And why are you in my room? And why are you like you know it was it was just it was just everything. He was this this just young kid, you know. And he was around your age. It yeah, sounds like yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has been with me ever since. And I never back then I would see the shadow of him, and he would like wear different things and would go around the room with these things on. Mm-hmm. And then 
he presented himself to me the first time I, I uh, left college and moved to Chicago. And I remember sitting in a bar with friends and this person came to me and asked for a cigarette. And I was like, oh, hi. And he smiled. And I was like, I goosebumps. and it was like, oh my God, David. it was David. Were you, now I'm curious, were you a little buzzed at that point? Because I was going to ask you if you were in an altered state at all when he appeared to you. Because sometimes... I wasn't in college. But in, this, college. in the bar. In the bar I had a couple of drinks, but he has since appeared. Yeah. I mean, he has the most brilliant blue eyes you would ever imagine. You would ever imagine. It's just beautiful, beautiful eyes. And that's how I know him. And he always asked for a cigarette. Since you mentioned David, the, you know it's him because he comes and asks for a cigarette. Yeah. And, you know, and there's also times he can be a little mischievous. Like, um, we'll, like, go through the house. We have a lot of artwork. And we'll make sure everything's straight and hung in there perfectly. And then, like, 10 minutes later, everything's crooked. And I'm like, mm -hmm. you have to stop. Stop. I, I feel like this is why I was called to talk to you, though. I mean, I've admired you and loved you for years. Like, I just, you know... I instantly like loved you from the moment I met you and just like wanted to climb you like a tree and love you. <laughs> but the reason, I mean, I have so much respect all, uh, uh, beyond my love for your like warm energy. We have this other shared kind of socio-political um, understanding and stance that's very similar that is, it's lonely out there. So I hold those people who get it close to me. But these are not the reasons I asked to speak to you today. Do you remember why? It was because you were posting, I want a cigarette. I don't care. I just want a cigarette. But now I think David really wanted us to talk about him because what about that would make, remember? He, it was just on Facebook. You just yeah. glibly posted, yeah, I, I need a cigarette. And I was like, I want to interview for Out With Rachel. But I guess David wanted to be spoken about, I think, now. Because it's so if he funny. always comes to you asking for a cigarette. Yeah, it's so funny because there's a, a TV show called Lisa Williams, Life Among the Dead, that was on Lifetime. Mm -hmm. And they were looking for a haunted house and someone who sees ghosts. And they came here. And I've since become friends with Lisa. Mm -hmm. And she's like, she's like the real, real deal. Mm -hmm. Like, she talks to them. Mm -hmm. Like, I have interactions and brief meetings Right. But she's like able to sit down and they're Chill. having coffee yeah. and, you know, she's making, you know, a, you know, oven brick pizza for them. And, you know, it's crazy. Um, but I remember the first time she saw David and she was just like, oh, he's so sweet. And it, she mentioned his eyes and it was just like, it was crazy. Cause, it's nice. You know. It's interesting when you get that kind of confirmation too. Even though you know, you know, it's still nice when someone oh, know, outside right? of you can be like something like the eyes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so you're like, okay, not crazy. Yeah. I've been seeing this for years and years and years. And, you know, it, but, you know, starting in college, I, the experiences I had, you know, were just sort of, for me, legendary. It's just, mm. you know, sort of the good versus evils, the visions I would see. Interesting. Which, you know, I won't get too much into right now, but it was just, you know, all I do is that I, I was, uh, my middle of my soft end of my near the end of my sophomore year they had new the new student orientation mm -hmm. kids coming in mm -hmm. to possibly go to wesleyan and oh, you went to wesleyan i was gonna ask you didn't get yep. now I got that and good. um i was asked to show these two kids around and i was like absolutely not a big deal one doesn't decide not to show up and i just have the one kid and there's something i was like i remember looking i'm going hmm and this kid 
showed me things. He's like, I'm here. He goes, he goes, you're not going to be at the school much longer. I was like, really? He goes, yeah, you're not. He goes, because you're going to move on. But he was absolutely right. Because I ended up going to Chicago my sophomore year, uh, my, my uh, junior year. Um, but he was like, he's like, dude, you don't have any idea what the potential you have is. And this kid was like 18, 17, yeah. 18. Now, of course, I was like 19. So it was, you know, but no. it was just like, and there's. What was a, your major there? Were you theater? I was musical theater. Okay. So you already knew. I don't know it. why I was musical theater because I didn't Probably sing. Because you could. I hear you singing Fats Waller to me, and it's like the angels, <laughs> a chorus of angels. You obviously have a natural gift. I have learned, learned to sing over the years. Oh, fine. Uh, fine. I've learned. You have um, a gift. Thank you. Let me say. Thank you. Okay. Um, and this um, kid said, I, he showed me a demon and, and, and a bunch of um, owls. Wow. And this whole thing transpired in front of me. And I was just like. What do you mean he showed you a demon and a we bunch of owls? We were sitting in the park and it was about 12.30 a.m. Okay. Probably no after the, the orientation is now complete. Oh, yeah. This oh, yeah. Very much so. Supplemental and, yeah. orientation. And no booze, no alcohol. Uh, no drugs involved, and we're sitting there talking. And he's like, "I want to show you something." He goes, "You need to know this. There's evil over there." And this thing came up from behind this tree. Emerson is like, and it just had this very monster, hairy, evil. And is, did it look like just as as incarnate as like me sitting yeah. right here? Yeah. It wasn't like see through yeah. or nope. ethereal right smoke. There. Just and just sat there and looked. And I said, okay, this needs to stop. And he goes, don't worry. And he did something. I can't remember. It was just like he just did something. He said something. There was a motion that he did. And these seven owls came down and landed. And this is real owls. 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 Here on Earth, Seven. Owls. One big one and like six little ones. And they came down and they just circled this thing. He goes, that's your magic. That's your power. You're able to keep away the evil. You're able to make all that evil go away and keep evil at bay. That's your power. You have the, you have the power of all those owls. They're magical. So has owl become like a totem for you? I don't think the owl is sort of my spirit animal or anything. Mm -hmm. I think it was just this very odd way of showing me the strength I have towards you know, I could take this path or I could take that path. What's the this and the, what's the this path and the that path? I think, you know, I could have, for example, while I was in New York and I was sleeping around with a lot of people mm -hmm. in, you know, mm -hmm. mid, 90s. I've slept with, I've slept with a lot of people and I'm still here. Yeah. And I, the biggest career path, biggest uh, personal path that I ever chose was to, Say, you know what? I'm not going to fight with this man's husband. I'm going to get out of this house. Because normally I would have fought. I was Because I, I you know, had a couple drinks. I would have had a fist fight. And talked up to telling another great story. But somebody mm -hmm. said, no, get out. And there happened to be uh, right there. There was a bus that took me right to the train. That took me right to Brooklyn. When you met and that, you know, And it was making that decision. And it's like you made space. I have a, a lot of thoughts about you made a boundary. Like, this isn't cool for me. And yeah, in doing that, you created a to... space for the love to come in. Exactly. And then one of the things, and then, you know, and then, of course, meeting Hutch and having this, you know, very whirlwind, crazy, romantic 
thing where you know very fast, but very knowing fast. it's your soulmate. No, now we're at twenty years. Yeah. So um twenty years, two kids, on our fourth dog, you know, two houses. It's crazy. Um but also one of the things I did was I um when I realized it, realized it, I went through my book mm. and I started going, I need to call and apologize to these people because I was an asshole. I mean, I was purely, I was pure assholery. Okay, so like everything you're saying is like, you know, we're out with Rachel. So you're going to come out about something. I, but these are all things like talking about believing in ghosts. It's something you can come out about. Talking about being openly gay and married to a beautiful husband is something to come out about. Talking about like fully admitting that being, you used to be I'm an a asshole. Complete, I was a complete and total asshole. And I hurt people a lot. There are people that I wish I could find to this day to apologize. I wish I could, but I have no idea. Yeah. I have no idea where they are. And it was right in around this time that you started to reflect and be like, like when you, I knew that, I knew that for me to have this relationship work, I was going to have to clean up a bunch of stuff. Interesting. You had to get right. I had to get right. Okay. I had to totally get right. Mm -hmm. You know, now am I perfect? Not even remotely. Have I had some setbacks in my assholeism? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But I'm aware of it. I'm conscious mm -hmm. of it, you know, and there are times when, I actually go, no, I was actually meant to be an asshole to you. <laughs> I was yeah. actually meant to be yeah. that. And I won't apologize for that. Yeah. You know, but I know the difference now between like purposely going out to hurt people right. and, you know, and telling my truth. It comes back to that boundary thing. Yeah. Like, like even what you were talking about with like this child female entity, those things can be very seductive to draw you towards, oh. especially when it's a child. But knowing, like, you know what, this isn't for me, you know, could yeah. be considered asshole. It's a little kid, but no, it's not asshole. It's boundaries. That was self-preservation right. because it's it, walking in any situation where, and I'm with my children, and I'm like, mm, not subject, no, yeah. no, not at all. This yeah. is not going to happen, you know. But I still remember this kid and these, you know, and just showing me what evil was and how to sort of breathe through it and and being able to call upon these you know these these seven entities to circle evil and chase it out and i was like so the paths are like the path of light or dark basically yeah. yeah and i chose dark for a very long time even after that oh yeah mm -hmm. oh yeah and there was something about meeting hatch and falling in love that made you be like let me get things back in alignment wow it's so beautiful. Yay, Yay. You know? It's really cool, though. Yeah, but, I, but at the same time, you, know, you, go, you go, yay, love. Love is not easy. Oh, I know. Tell I me mean, more. It's, love is just not easy yeah. because, you know, it's, you have to work at love. Come out about this. this I want to hear you come out about love not being just a walk of, sunshine only you know and like unicorns yeah. spitting up rainbows yeah, no like roses falling at your no, feet no it's hard and it's ugly and we fight and you know we have we've been through because it's so funny because oh you have such a beautiful family and you have all these pictures and you're so loving and it's like you know 
we almost broke up two years ago. That's recent. And that's, yeah. Yeah. And that's a big coming up because we don't talk about that. Yeah. You know, and it took months and months and months of, you know, we are just now about, we're about, that was about two years ago. So, but you know, like seven, six, seven months ago, we just started going, oh, okay. We can breathe. Uh, okay, okay. Okay. The ground I think, I beneath think, our feet. We can I think trust. we're fine yeah. now. Yeah. And then, of course, then I have this surgery on my back, mm -hmm. and I can't do a lot of heavy lifting at all. I can't, there's a lot I can't do, and I'm tired and in pain well, a lot. Let's talk about that because I know, but so that the people watching understand. So you were having numbness a little <clears throat> bit? Yeah. Um, yeah. So pains in my legs and a uh, hard time walking. Mm -hmm. And I started getting numbness in my hands. Mm -hmm. And I said, oh, my doctor says, you need to get an MRI. I got an MRI. So the operation I had was called a laminectomy. Or as my daughter called it, a lammy. Because mm -hmm. she brought me a little toy lamb oh, to rest on my chest. I had a doll named lammy when I was growing up. Because Rachel means lamb. So my, yeah. And it was lammy. See? Yeah. Aww. Okay, so the lammy. So, um, the lammy surgery. So from the, sort of like the base of my hairline down about seven inches, they opened me up went inside my spinal cord wall and shaved off part of my vertebra because it was pushing along against it and to relieve the pressure and let the spinal cord fluid flow and all this other stuff and it was great surgery everything went according to plan thank god it just didn't completely do what it's supposed to do so but that also didn't paralyze you it didn't paralyze so. me <laughs> but and and this is something that I, I'll can come out about. I'll come this. out about yeah. this. I'm going in for a second surgery. Yeah. A little nervous because they're going in through my throat. And how? When is that happening? How long from now? Um, today is Friday. They want to do it Wednesday, but I'm doing. I am officiating a <laughs> wedding on Saturday, the oh, next oh. Saturday. So I'm like, ah, I got to do the wedding. Yeah. So it'll probably be the tenth. Okay. So like. Under two April weeks 10th. from now. Under yeah. two weeks from now, yeah. Yeah. So everyone can pray. We'll all pray and send good energy. Yeah. So, but to bring it back to what you're saying, and like, I'm so glad you're okay, and I'm just like really oh, yeah. praying that you're going to have a, a miraculous recovery. And Better it than will you be. started. Now yeah. that they figured out exactly yeah. what, why I'm not healing the way they thought I would, they went, oh, duh. Mm -hmm. And it is so funny because they have said, you know what? We might want to consider going in through the front. Mm -hmm. And I was like, how is it going to affect my voice? And now that's, yeah, they're like, yeah. we'll just see if the back works. And now we know that we have to go through yeah. the front. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, guess what? I, I, you're going to be better than before. I'm going to bring my seven owls with me. Mm-hmm. Bring them. Circle up the <laughs> circle, wagons. Circle up the owls. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. So. So, but you were talking about now. So, in your recovery, there is this interesting thing where... When you're like a little incapacitated and you have to like really let someone love you and help you. And that's hard for me. Yeah, it's not nice. It's completely hard. And that's been sort of in a weird way weighing on our, we know always on the relationship, you know, because I'm an independent person and, you know, and my doctor's like, should you be driving? I'm like, yes. But maybe not. <laughs> no, but I am. I'm driving, yeah. you know, and I'm getting things done. But like I can't pick up like a grocery bag. If it has like a gallon of milk and a bottle of juice in it, that's about all I can carry. Yeah. That's it. 
Yeah, the know? body is so humbling. It's amazing. It's amazing. Like when I see people jog now, I just go, you don't know. Yeah. You have no idea how just nice it is to just walk down the street without feeling yeah. any pain. Yeah. It's just like, wow. Something to really be grateful for. Yeah. Health is like, it's everything. It's something to really be grateful for. So what a gift. Thank God you're all right. And thank God you're only going to get better. But I'm you can only going to get better. Yeah. Like wine and cheese. Mm-hmm. With age. With age. Improving. There we go. Oh my gosh. This is so good. I feel like that was really good. I feel like we might be done. Cool. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I know exactly what I want to say. Yeah, I want to say, <laughs> I love being out with Rachel. Well, I love being out with Shep. I feel incredibly blessed. Incredibly. We talked about a lot. We talked about a lot. I kind of like that we didn't really talk about acting so, so much. because you know, like, Well, that's uh, the, you know, we're not like, but exactly. I think we forget that there's so many other things that connect us besides yeah. what we do. Yeah. You know? Who we are is not just what we do. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What a gift. You're the gift. I can't imagine anyone I'd rather come out with. Thank you. <laughs> that's all I want to hear in life. And shine.